0: Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. We ended with Christy packing her bags and walking out, leaving the house. And so we're going to pick up straight from there. Christy, so you had enough. You were feeling isolated. Patrick, you, you were angry all the time at this moment because of the whole family dynamic and all the things. You were writing letters to to Patrick trying to communicate. Your communication sucked. Excuse mm-hmm. the thing, but that's yes. where it was, really. Yeah. Let's be honest yes. with it. And how many marriages, that's where the problem really starts. It's not about infidelity. It's not about all these things. It starts with communication. We don't communicate with one another. So, Take me from there, you walk, firstly, let me, let me ask this, Patrick, were you expecting her to walk out or was this a total surprise to you when she left? No, it was definitely
1: a, a surprise. You know, we, we in our, our daily arguments and fighting, we, we would, you know, threaten each other with divorce. Mm-hmm. But again, in my mind, and in, in my heart, I'm like, we, we're raised in Christian families. Divorce is not an option. Right. So yeah, I was definitely very surprised. And the, um, the night before Christy left, we had another typical typical day in our relationship. Not a lot of communication, very little to no communication except for fighting. And, um, you know, I went to bed that night angry, as usual. Got up the next morning and uh, in sales and, and took off on, on uh, about my day and, and traveled. And I had no idea that day that I'd left that Christie's family had already arranged and worked with Christy on her leaving.
2: Yeah. That was April 7th, 1999. And, um, I had written one final letter to Patrick that was several pages long and explaining to him that I released him and that he was free to go find someone else. And that I didn't want anything from the relationship and that I had already taken everything I needed, that I took some pictures and things, personal things, but I was like, you can have the furniture or whatever. Mm. I don't want anything. I just want out. And the day before, I knew the day before that I was going to do it. I I planned it for a couple of months. I actually uh, went to my family. I did not want to. It was like eating crow. I did not want to go to them. But I went to them and was like, hey, I really want to move out, but I've got to do it while he's at work. Because when we had fought, he would always say, "Um, there's the door. You can leave, but you're not taking these kids with you. And so I didn't want to put my kids through a fight. So I thought the only way I can leave is if I leave when he's gone, that way they don't have to experience a a battle and I'm not leaving my kids. And so I had to arrange it and, um, I'd worked it out ahead of time. Uh, and so my brother, uh, my older brother, he was, um, about 28, 29 years old. And he said, you know what, I'm going to help you out. I have a, a buddy I went to high school with. He's an attorney now. And, um, I'll make a phone call. And he said, but you have to make a promise to me. If I help you with this, you can never go back. Mm. The the only way I'll help you is if you promise you will never go back. And I said, um, it's okay. It's already made up in my mind. I've thought about it. You know, I've I've been for a, year, for a year at least. I've been, you know, saying one more chance, one more chance. And, you know, I'm just, I'm done. Uh, so we, I went and uh, I actually um, went and counseled with a free counselor a couple of times. Uh, that someone set me up with in Longview. And then I went and saw an attorney with through my brother that he set me up with. And we got all the paperwork started. And he, had, Patrick had no idea any of this was going on. And so I had slowly started putting boxes in the car. When my mom would come for a visit, I'd say, here, take this box. Mm-hmm, you know, these are mm-hmm. my sweaters or whatever. Or, you know, uh, here's some pictures. Take this. And so he didn't realize I was slowly moving out. Wow. Um, and then so the day that I actually left, my dad and my brother both took off work. And of course, my dad was sick, you know, he had lymphoma, but he was still working and they brought trucks and we loaded up the baby beds and the, you know, the high chairs and things like that. And when Patrick got home, um, we took a copy of the letter to his mother at work and I had it dropped off there. And then I had another copy of the letter that the house for him, which ironically, in the middle of my packing and moving, I was trying to move as quickly as possible because I knew if he came home, it was going to be a major blow up. I get a phone call from the attorney's office and they're like hey, we accidentally shredded your divorce documents. Can you come back up here? And I'm like, right now? And they're like, yeah, we need you to do it because we got to serve him and all that. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, God was already saying this is not going to happen. But so I had to stop in the middle of loading the trucks to go back to meet the attorney to sign papers again. So I left. And when he got home, his mother was in the driveway because she already had her and she knew he would need her. Right. And so he pulled up and was like, hey, what's going on? And... They walked inside and he saw where the baby furniture was gone. And he knew that, you know, his world had been turned upside down. Wow. And, and of course, my thing was, I was like, how could you not know? Right. How <laughs> would you want to live like this? I mean, how could you not want out too? Yeah, you, you were miserable yeah. too. But I think for Patrick, um, one thing that, and a lot of people do this, and I don't think they understand what it is and that there was an actual definition for it, but it's stonewalling. Uh He would not speak to me. He would go days and not speak to me. And I would say, please talk to me. Can't we work through this? Can't we talk? And he wouldn't say a word. He was stonewalling me. You know, it was like he was controlling things by not, you know, and it would torment me and really just manipulate me. But I was like, I'm so done not being heard, you know? Right.
0: Wow. Um, So
2: when I went out the door that day, I had to get to a point where I was like, nothing in me wants to stay. Right. I had to get to a point where I was calloused. Yes. I have no emotion left for you at all. Wow. I'm sorry. It's just business. You know, that's where I had to get to.
0: So you came home and the furniture, baby furniture was gone. Your wife was gone. What was your initial reaction? What were you thinking at that time?
1: Yeah. So uh, actually, I don't think mom. Mom yes, she
2: was. Yes, time. she was. She pulled I, I out remember
0: walking shirt. into. You know, remember they restored people. <laughs> <laughs> your mom will tell you she was, <laughs> was there.
1: <laughs> I remember walking into the house. Uh, I, and again, I remember being by myself at the time. But I remember walking into the house and it wasn't your typical story of, oh, she cleaned me out. Or, you know, I remember walking in and immediately sensing something's not right. But again, furniture's in place. The baby bed would have been in the bedroom, not in the. I walked when I walked into the house, walking in the kitchen, looking at the living room, and I remember picking up on, okay, something's not right. It's quiet in here, but you know, sometimes it is quiet if we're not together. <laughs> no, but it's quiet in here, and some, I just started noticing things that were important to me that were that carried at the time value. My kids, mainly at the time, were gone. And
2: their toys were gone. The
1: more I looked around, I realized there's anything of any value here to me is not here. It's missing. It's just a very empty feeling. And then I think there's a letter on the counter, I believe. <clears throat> I started reading the letter, and then I clearly heard I don't know that I could say that. I've ever heard the audible voice of God unless he was speaking through somebody else, but I clearly heard as loud as it, it might as well have been audible God say in my head, You told me, because years before I prayed and asked God, Lord, whatever happens in my life, don't ever let me stray too far from you. Do whatever it takes to bring me to my knees, to keep my relationship intact with you and keep me where I'm supposed to Mm -hmm. be. And he said, then you told me, do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. So here you go. Welcome to whatever it takes. And so I realized at that point, my (laughs) family was broken. right? And it was, you know, it was very real. You hear Christy talk about the letters she wrote mm-hmm. to me, which was a lot of letters, and I probably didn't read, but maybe one or two of them, if that. I was so angry then, speaking for myself and probably from a man's point of view in general, because she wasn't doing things I wanted her to do. And so that's exactly what I did, is what she says. I stonewalled her. Like, okay, if you're not going to tell your family your ex boyfriend doesn't come here on Christmas or Thanksgiving, then I'm not going to talk to you. Right, and of course, into my mind, thinking it's okay, it's not okay, but ultimately, you know we're not in a divorce, we just say that all the time and <laughs> and I realized the power of my words and all yes. those threats that we said to each other, "I'll divorce you, I'll do this, I'll do that. I realized right. they were real, and it was life right. We've given those the, those words life at that point,
0: yeah. You had mentioned something interesting, broken. You said your marriage is broken. I I remember a professor saying to me before I got married, one of my professors at at college, he said, Oren, marriage doesn't end broken. It starts broken. It's how Mm -hmm. you build it. And I think uh, just listening to your story so far, there was not a lot of building going on. It started broken, but nothing got built from the broken pieces. And so when it ended broken, it just carried on to what it was already. Mm
1: -hmm. So true. So yeah. true. And, 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 uh, you know, we were talking earlier and I was thinking about how the enemy, he, he's a crafter and conniver in our, in our lives in every aspect. And, you know, he seeks to deceive and mm-hmm. to destroy. And one of the deceptions that he uses regularly, I try to, to communicate this to my kids is he uses a little bit of truth mm-hmm. and then distorts the rest of the process. And we hang our hats on this little bit of truth. And And while we were married the first time, my truth was, we're seeking God, we're Christians, and you know, everything's going to be okay. Right. I chose to ignore because I wasn't getting out of Christy what I felt like was cooperation by saying, okay, mm-hmm. mom, brothers, dad, whoever, we're not doing this unless you do this. Right. So I, I did try to manipulate her because I was not happy with how
0: we were where we were. So you came home, everything was gone, and God spoke to you said that was that that's pretty much taking you to your knees in a sense not that god does anything to hurt us or harm us i think many times people think discipline is punishment punishment and discipline are two different types of things but without it your eyes wouldn't have been once again perspective that's really what this was what was really happening wasn't there was it going to be coming a new perspective in both your lives so you leave you're out of there you are gone you going to stay with your parents?
2: Um, no, actually, the attorney told me that it would take, the first hearing would determine who had custody. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you see him before this first hearing and he takes the kids from you, he can leave the state and never come back and you can do nothing legally because you uh-huh. have to have documents okay. saying who the legal guardians are. So he said, I, I think it would be in your best benefit for the first six weeks for you to stay away from him. Mm-hmm. You don't have any contact with him, and if you think that he will come and look for you, I would hide. So that is what I did. I found a family member that he didn't know uh, it was a it was a relative that was an aunt that he didn't know where she lived. We'd never been to her house before. um and we didn't have like a real close relationship, and she offered to let me stay mm-hmm. there.
0: Were you searching for her during this time? Um,
1: I wasn't like, no, not really. No, I, I, I really, I realized I'd hit rock bottom. Um, uh, and it's important to note that while Christy and I fought for five years uh, and my relationship with my kids, they were so young, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's not a lot of dialogue coming back to, to me as dad, but my kids were really important to me. You know, so, but I, I didn't really search for her. I just went on a journey with the Lord and it was hard because I didn't get to see the kids right. for for two six years. Weeks, for year,
2: six weeks here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was with them every time. day, working from home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're with your kids, except for when you, you travel overnight, which wasn't a lot at that time.
0: Were you had served by this time? Were the papers served to you? Had you no, been served yet? I
1: hadn't been served. I was served at work one day. I don't remember how long after that, but I was served at work. I, I went on, you know, I didn't know where Christy was, so I didn't know where the kids were. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was the, the worst feeling i ever felt, you know. Uh, that, you know, I've heard it said before that, you know, divorce is worse than death. And I fully understood that at that point in time, because at that time it was the communication to me that I was hearing was complete rejection. And not only do, you, not only do I reject you, but you don't get to see your kids either. You're done. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a grueling pain that you can't get rid of, right. except that you find peace a storm through, through Jesus Christ
0: how were you feeling at this time Christy during this time were um, you how were I you feeling? had
2: really taken on the spirit of independence mm-hmm. um, I was I already had the mindset of I'm a single mom I can do this these kids need me um, I've it's not time to be weak or sad or afraid it's time to be strong and stand up and you know I'm gonna probably have to get a job or do you know whatever I need to do. I didn't feel like I wanted anything from Patrick. We didn't make a lot of money. And I knew, you know, I was like, I don't want child support or anything. And my, my brother uh, was like, are you nuts? You know, one day those kids will grow up and they're going to go, my dad never paid any child support. He was like, that's not, that's, that will mess your kids up. He has to pay child support. That's part of his duty as a dad. So that started going into effect Them then setting that up. And then after the six weeks, I... Transferred to my parents' house and was staying there. And then we set up visitations for Patrick every other weekend. Mm -hmm. But we would not, we set it up where I didn't have to see Patrick, where I would have a family member go and meet him or meet with a family member of his so that we never had to cross paths. Okay. Uh, My family was concerned that if I saw him.
0: So they were championing you. They would, your family was championing. Mm -hmm. Championing. Am I saying it right? (laughs) Championing. Champion. Ah, all right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, championing
0: were, you. There we go. There's the right, order.
2: They were like, you know, he'll get in your head, he'll yeah. cry and make you feel bad and try to manipulate you. And so you don't need to be around him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, um, that went on like that for a little while. And then, you know, I wish I could say I fasted and prayed and that God spoke to me and that I did everything right, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because during the time that I was thinking about, uh, leaving, I was already thinking about finding this next perfect person mm-hmm. that would fit the bill of the prince, you know, and so I immediately dove into a relationship. And that was and, facilitated. Well, he was a friend of my brother's, and so my family was really pushing. So him was
0: this? You were still not divorced yet? You were still right.
2: Or, we were in the process. Were in the process. Uh, this is yeah. the
1: same friend of her brothers that we would fight about being at family parties. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: So um, we kind of picked up where we left off. You know, this guy and I would, because we had had a relationship before. And so, and I, we just started dating, and, you know, I had no contact with Patrick at all. And I thought, I'll just start a new life. And so I started trying to find a church that I could go to where everybody didn't know me. I didn't want to go back to my church because I didn't want people telling me what I should be doing. And then he would have people calling me from the church and, you know, people offering to counsel me and people wanting to just pray for me on the phone. And I would get so mad because, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'll talk to him and tell him how he acted. You know, it was like, you don't know, you can't, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. You know, right. who are you to tell me what I should be doing? And so I really didn't want anything to do with anybody from our church. Um, I was trying to just close that door and move right. to another door. Like I tried to do when we got married,
0: <laughs> Think I learned <laughs> you
2: don't just shut a door and move, but, um, right. you know, it, it, It was that was the mistake I wish I hadn't made. I wish I could say I did that right and I didn't. But Patrick started this journey and I'll let him share his journey. But um, I can say this that I really took on this new mindset. It wasn't me, it was like I was this, you know, woman power, you know, like I'm a woman and I don't need any man and I'm gonna, I'm never gonna depend on a man like that again and I'm not gonna trust people anymore. And I just kind of had these inner vows that I made and I'm gonna be this strong. Mm. Mom And, you know, I still wanted my kids raised in a Christian home, but, you know, I just, I got real, you know, strong willed, Mm bullheaded, didn't want to hear what anybody had to say. And, and so I, my journey was, I want God, but not if he's going to say that I have to go back. So I want some God, but, you know, I want to kind of tr- control the relationship because so, I'm afraid what he's going to tell me to do. Right, you know, I'm right. afraid of mm-hmm. a new obedience would be an issue. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to um, have that conversation with God. Right. So then Patrick began his journey.
0: Well, we're going to look at Patrick's journey. Um, and I'm excited for that because I know that is what I heard in the car driving down to a lake to go catch one of my biggest bass fish that I ever caught <laughs> in my life off the beds over there. But thanks once again, guys. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Orin Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orinrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash